If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, we would be living in a totally different format. We as journalists and activists have always found it very difficult to find people who will openly talk about being bisexual. Just don't think there are enough bi perspectives on bi issues. I feel like we've got to talk about it because we're really comfortable doing that. It can be really intimidating. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. I've always found myself at the mercy of gay and straight advice. You can have a bit of competition to see who's the better bisexual bruncher. This is Bisexual Brunch. So welcome to another Bisexual Brunch, this time with Lewis Oakley and me, Ashley Byrne. Nikki is away at the moment. She'll be back again uh, fairly soon. Um, we think she's might be moving house or sunning herself somewhere. She's she's enjoying her newfound freedom, isn't she, Lewis? Uh, I think so. She's dusted off her rail card and off she goes. <laughs> Which we all should be doing. I've not had a chance yet. I've been so busy with work, um, but I really am looking forward just to getting out. They're just going out for a coffee or doing something. You know, it's been a bit of a nightmare, hasn't it? The whole situation with uh, with, with, with COVID. Um, um, but this time we've got a special guest who we'll be introducing fairly soon. It's uh, Keris Bradley, um, who's a comedian, and uh, we'll be finding out about uh, Keris's act uh, a little bit later on uh, on uh, Bisexual Brunch. But before we um, do that, um, Lewis, one of the things we've been putting out there on our Twitter feed and various other places um, the last few weeks has been this issue of, well, two things really. One, asking people how many people do they know in their actual circle who are bisexual, whether it be family or friends or whatever. And the other thing is the whole thing of trying to create a bisexual community because we often get shoved together with the lgbtqi and everyone assumes that everyone gets on together and that's a community um and obviously there is a community emerging in certain aspects online in different areas but um you know i don't always think that online is a community for me it needs to be real life it needs to be meeting people in real life i mean i asked we asked several people um so we asked people on on online how many people they knew who were uh, bisexual. Most people came back to us. I think, think somebody said they, they knew 10 bisexuals quite well, uh, which I thought, you know, I think that was the, the most. Most people said they either knew none or they knew just one or two. I mean, you've been around doing bisexual campaigning now for quite a long time. How many people do you think you know who are bisexual? Oh, well, it depends what you mean by no. That's what I mean. mean, I've been to events and stuff, and obviously there's people that have come up that are bisexual. There's people online that have reached out. There's people, obviously, on social media. So I would say probably quite a few. I think I'm quite lucky in that respect. But no as in a proper friendship, like probably not many, because obviously that's the thing, isn't it, right? It's like just because we share a sexuality doesn't mean we're necessarily going to share a friendship. Um... And that, and you know, and that, but that's the problem, right? It's we need to meet. So, like, you know, if, if say if you could be friends with ten and a hundred bisexuals, we're not really getting the chance to meet those hundred bisexuals, I think. And that, honestly, I think is one of the main issues that we face because a lot of the times when people reach out to me or I'm at an event or whatever it is, and people want to discuss their kind of issues and and what their experience has been you can just see the stress come off their face as soon as they talk to another bisexual that gets in. It's like, yeah, no, right? <laughs> or, as I've, I've done a few times, just been like, you know what? Yeah, but I wouldn't worry about it. Who cares? And just having another bisexual say to them, I wouldn't worry about whatever it is. Really, it's, you know, it's like we're in, we're in a, the trenches together. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, good. And I, I think we sometimes all need that kind of reassurance from people that, are experiencing life the same way as us, right? I mean, otherwise we're just stuck with all these gay and straight people and just chatting in their binaries. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I fully I fully agree. Um, but it, it's, it's a difficult one to get through, isn't it? Because I, I can tell you, I know I know a lot of gay people, um, a lot of people who, you know, gay men, I know a lot of lesbian people, I know some, tra- I know some trans people. But on, in, in, you know, in a nutshell, I probably only know you and Nikki, who are genuinely, who I know genu- who are genuinely bisexuals in the sense of how I recognise bisexual to be. There's very, there's nobody else. There's nobody in my family. 
that who, who's out as bisexual. There's no none of my friends are are out as bisexual. You know, it, 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 it's a lonely world in a way. And of course, the three of us have only been communicating through Zoom for the last year, anyway. So we can, we're not able to get to know, know each other any better, you know. So. You- you entice me into this show with the promise of free brunch, and I haven't had it. Um, so, yeah, I've noted that, Ash. Um, well, you know what? I got in trouble for an article I wrote sort of on this subject um, a couple of years ago. And I, what I was basically saying was that bisexuals are really one of the few sexualities where you really date outside of your sexuality. Now, obviously, you know, there are, there are straight men that can date by women and stuff like that, but largely bisexual people will date straight people, will date gay people, will date lesbians, you know, that, so in the kind of sense as if you were a gay man looking for another man, you're not, you're not meeting that many other people like you through dates, because we don't have to do that, and I think that that's partly why we meet fewer people, if it was just that bisexuals could only by nature date other bisexuals, we probably have more of a fledged out culture and bars and things like that. So I do think that has a bit of an element in it. It's not just purely discrimination. Um, But whatever the cause is, you're right. Bisexuals tend to not know that many people like them. And when you don't have that many people like you around to kind of discuss the issues with, and if you're constantly having to run your bisexual issues past the straight and gay people that you're surrounded by, and they're only looking at it through their lens, it can feel, A, lonely, B, it can kind of not make sense because you're kind of always at the mercy of gay and straight advice, which isn't always great, which is why I think people tune into our podcast. (laughs) Indeed, and we're getting lots of people who who tune into our podcast and lots of people who see us as a a, a bit of a lifeline. But there's a slight worry, I think, in terms of when we talk about people connecting and talking about maybe creating a bisexual community. And I think it'd be fantastic to be in a position whereby, um, you know, you can go to a bar and you can meet people who you know are probably going to be bisexual. All that would be fun, would be fantastic. And I'm sure we might get there. But I think a lot of people feel as though that is not necessarily needed because you've got the internet that does that. And you can go on all these different places, different uh, forums and things and, you know, the bisexual community, this, that and the other. So the community's there, but it's online. But I don't know about you, I don't think that is a substitute for actually meeting people properly in person. And that worries me that we're not actually creating a community at all. It's quite false in that way. It's because we're old. It's because we're <laughs> old. The kids love it. Um, no, well, look, I like there are loads of people I know that are like, thank God for the internet. Thank God for social media. It's connected me. So there's definitely good benefits to it. You know how I feel. I think social media is evil and we need to turn it all off. Um, (laughs) But that said, some people get some value from it. But I do agree with you. It'd be much better if we had bars and places where we could all go and and have our little bisexual discussions. And hopefully one day we will get to that. Um, Because I do think it is is a lot better in person, I would say. But, you know, so... But then is that us as city boys thinking that? Because, you know, there's probably gay and lesbian and trans and non-binary people in smaller villages and stuff that, you know, are just like, thank God I can speak to people online because no one in this village gets it. So I don't know. Maybe that's us looking for our little city lens. Yeah, it could be. It could be. We'd like to hear from you if you've got any thoughts on this. We'll be continuing to have this conversation in future weeks. You know, how many people do you know, do you actually know who are bisexual? Um, and uh, and also, you know, how do we create that sort of bisexual community? How do we how do we do that? Because it's clear there is a there is a, a lesbian and a gay community, and there is, I think, to an extent, um, a trans community. Um, but you know, nobody seems to be battling out there to try and set up a you know a bisexual bar or or something specifically bisexual. I mean, you get bisexual events and things, obviously, throughout the year. But um, you know, nobody, nobody's, nobody's, um, nobody's thought about the commercial aspects of being bisexual yet, have they, Lewis? Maybe that's what we should think about. Maybe, maybe some money no, to be made. Have you seen those <laughs> pictures? I had to create my own bisexual T-shirt. I couldn't find one I liked. Oh, exactly. Terrible. But I'm going to start my own merchandising. <laughs> Lewis Oakley Inc. You can be a shareholder if you want. We're going to be rich. Well, there's some bisexual mugs and bisexual T-shirts to come very soon. Bisexual brunch mugs and T-shirts to come very Finally, soon. Finally, I'm getting a freebie out of this podcast. You're going to get a freebie. You're going to get a freebie, absolutely. Thank right. God. Okay, so let's get on to our special guest. Um, is there a funny side to being bisexual? Before we introduce our special guest, is there a funny side, Lewis, do you think? 
Um, yeah, I hope so. I mean, look, I know we talk about some serious issues, but ultimately what I want to do and what I've been trying to do in, you know, the activism I do is be positive and make people, you know, smile and laugh and feel encouraged. So um, that's why I'm so excited to have um, Keris on. I, I can't wait, wait to hear what they're going to say. Um, and like, what are the jokes? Because that's the thing is it's quite nice if 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 they can kind of like teach us some some jokes to kind of go about and and like turn the tables on people that think we're the joke. I mean, that might be aiming too high. But well, we'll there are definitely funny. There are definitely funny sides around the way people react to to you when you say you're bisexual. I mean, sometimes it's quite serious, but you do think to yourself, "Gosh, you know, people just are so so ignorant, aren't they, on certain certain aspects?" Um, but anyway, we'll 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 get to that. I'm sure. Um, so let's uh, meet Keris. Keris uh, Bradley, thank you very much indeed for for joining us on uh, Bisexual Brunch. Now we want to hear all about your your comedy a little bit later on. Um, but what we always do on Bisexual Brunch, first of all, is to talk to people about their own uh, bisexual journeys. Um, so um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your own bisexual journey when you realised you were bisexual? And because uh, everyone's journey is different. And so therefore it's nice to hear um, the nuances in these stories that are out there. Uh, hi, uh, thanks for, for having me. Um I mean, technically, I can tell you about my journey, though I, I personally kind of like hate that framing of stuff. Like we've all been on a journey. I was it was not like a, you know, like an arduous legacy, like legacy. I wasn't on a quest trying to find something. I was just living my life and a bunch of sexuality stuff happened in the in the middle of it. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, if I was going to tell the story like we will be here for a very long time because it's not really something that you want to it's not like there are there were three key moments that I can take you back to is basically the last 12 years of my life and my understanding is this this podcast is not long enough well, to well you may say you may, you, may, you may say that but the last one we had um the last bisexual journey story we had uh, we spoke to the guy for an hour and a half so uh, it depends on how interesting your bisexual journey story is <laughs> mm, yeah so yeah i well i mean i had like i guess quite a classic child of the 90s like like slash noughties experience where uh i knew that i was um or like i felt very different all the way through secondary school that was very difficult experience i was very into emo music 90 percent of the bands that i like listened to and went to the concerts of the singers and uh music musicians in those bands have come out as bisexual or in other way queer so it was kind of like on my radar from about the age of 16 and then I uh, came out, um, I don't know, like officially when I was 22, when I first started dating my girlfriend. Um, and uh, I know that wouldn't, yeah, 22. So just after I uh, graduated from university, started my master's, came out as bisexual, was very like, I am bisexual. I do not like it when you call me gay. Um, and then I decided I was a lesbian for a bit. So that was quite a lot of admin trying to undo all of that work, shouting at the same people that I was telling off of calling me gay like six months ago, six months previously, then having to be like, no, now you will call me gay. Stop calling me bisexual. And then I, after exploring that for a little bit, went through that phase. I was like, no, I was right the first time. I have to update my CV, go back and apologise to everyone for shouting at them when they were uh just trying their best but very confused by that point um and then here we are now i think that's probably it's probably everything that's relevant when did you when you decide well so when you you know when it came to dating somebody were you did you find it easy to be open about being bisexual did you find that easy did you find the your partner was okay with being with you saying you were bisexual uh so i remember my my first boyfriend who i started dating in university we so we met through the geek society which again like i think because i've been involved in quite a lot of alternative subcultures in my life 
adjacent to the sexuality stuff the geek society is rife with bisexuals so if you feel like you have a dearth of them in your life just go play some dungeons and dragons and you will make some bisexual friends pretty quickly um but i remember we were in a pub and he like we'd sort of been kind of flirting with each other for a while uh but he clearly didn't know what the deal with what was and he wasn't really sure how to ask and so we'd been in this pub for a bit and then he just kind of awkwardly shouted at me what are you because he hasn't quite worked out the so the the one of the first times that i told someone out loud that i was bisexual it was kind of in response to that very nervous uh question um but like because that was kind of par for the course in the group of people that we were hanging out with um wasn't wasn't a like a big deal at all and then with my partner who when I started dating her like that was when I told my parents and stuff because it required slightly more explanation than dating uh men uh yeah that was not an issue at all um because uh like she had also had a boyfriend in the past the idea of um, your sexuality being some kind of like set of rules that you have to follow as opposed to a way of articulating your experience was not really a thing that we had to grapple with. Like I think uh, both of our kind of experiences of the world is that if you're describing yourself in such a way that is like then limiting what you can do or preventing you from doing things that you want to do or feel comfortable doing then it's not a useful way of of talking about stuff so we've both used lots and lots of different words to describe ourselves throughout our relationship and none of none of that language has kind of like changed the relationship that we're in um because it's just a different way of expressing how we're feeling kind of like over time as opposed to the other way around um and then obviously she's she's come to a bunch of the when i've been doing like bisexual events and things like that she's come to a bunch of of those kind of things um and so like a a large proportion of our friendship group also um bisexual so it would be really weird if I found out like maybe after she's listened to this podcast if she was like oh actually I'm uncomfortable with this bisexual thing because that is not something that she has mentioned in our six-year relationship I don't really think that she I mean she cares because she likes to keep up to date with what's happening in my life but I don't think she she cares in in that sense and what and what response did you get from parents and people like that you know where, where you know the people outside your sphere you know what what have they been like when you said you're bisexual yeah so it's like a pretty mixed response i guess like i think um there's been a lot of pleasant surprises like uh coming out to my nan uh who when i came out to my parents they were sort of of the like we don't want we know that being homophobic or biphobic is bad i'm not sure they were familiar with the term biphobic but you know uh, we know that this thing is bad and so we are very going to be very explicitly not that thing but then obviously we do have some kind of um like on some levels subconscious levels we do have some unchecked like homophobia and biphobia that needs to be addressed and so there was there were like implicit things in their behavior the way that that would come out uh so when i came out to both of my parents they were both like oh yes we are very cool with this by the way don't tell either of your grandmothers they will hate it and it will ruin everything and then when i told both of my nans neither of them like battered an eyelid uh my dad's mum we had this quite serious conversation where she was like your father says you have something to tell me and uh she's quite quite like she's become posher and you know as she's gotten older one of those kind of ladies and um she we had this like quite interesting conversation where she kind of basically said that if my grandfather had still been alive then she or my, my granddad had been alive she would have had a quite a different reaction because he he really loved animals and he hated queer people and that was kind of his like the two cornerstones of his personality he was a vet and he didn't like the gays and presumably by extension bisexual people um and so reflecting on it my nan was like 
if he'd been alive, I think I would have had to react differently to this, but he passed away a couple of years ago and like I've kind of become more of my own person now and if you're happy, then I'm happy. And then the first time that she met my partner, my partner brought her a box of biscuits from Fortnum and Mason and now she's like the favourite of all of my grandmother's grandchildren's partners. So turns out she was quite easy to, to win over. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I uh, I think... I've not had any kind of like, I don't know if I, if my parents, when they tell people whether or not they like are, they think that I am gay as opposed to bisexual, but I think we've had enough conversations, like they know that I think that Michael Phelps is the most attractive human being in the world. So they are aware. And I think it's, it's kind of maybe because we haven't so much talked about it with labels on it. Um, there hasn't been any of that kind of weird stuff about like, oh, at least you could date a man. Or I did have one conversation with my mum not long after I'd come out. She was driving me to the uh, train station for me to go go back to London. And she was trying to get her head around it. And we had this very awkward conversation uh, where she said, like, I don't understand how you can be attracted to both men and women. And I was trying to explain, oh, 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 there are so many other genders that I'm also attracted to. So um, jokes on you there. But I was trying to like I was doing a really bad job of kind of explaining. And I said something to the effect of it's not about the genitalia that I'm attracted to. And then she said, uh, uh, um, I realize this is potentially people are going to be uh, listening to this whilst it's brunch time. And so I apologize. But um if you're eating but she said it's not as if I'm attracted to your dad's penis but you just have to make do which I think is maybe the saddest sentence that anyone has ever said my parents are divorced now and potentially that has something to to do with it but um that was kind of like obviously a very traumatizing thing to experience on the motorway at like 70 miles an hour having to hear my mum talk about my dad's bits other than that it's been pretty pretty smooth sailing and I think it's because like um as I said a lot of my friends have all like were already kind of participating in kind of subcultures and alternative cultures where like if you're going to spend your whole life dressed as a steampunk character from your favorite comic the idea that you date beyond one gender is maybe not as like radical or or the kind of kookiest thing about you so uh yeah it's it's um maybe not been as as rigid as as kind of some of the experiences that I know people who who've had or like haven't had to have as many of those this is what I am conversations I realized Um, I said oh I can't tell you my whole bisexual journey and then you just had to ask a slightly different question and then I was like 10 minutes later yeah Along the way, have there been any shocks or surprises in the whole side of coming, you know, coming out as bisexual? Anything that's really, you've really, has really shocked you in a positive or negative way, where you thought to yourself, "Well, that's that's weird. Why, you know, why did people react like that, or why have you reacted like some, you know, in a particular way or whatever to how somebody else has reacted? Anything that surprised you along the way?" Uh, I guess. I think I I want to say no, um, but I I think that it's potentially because I I don't really see myself as like explicitly coming out quite a lot. I mean, my bag is covered with bisexual badges. My hair is normally one shade of the bi pride flag. Like it's not really something that I like. I'm I'm very lucky in the sense that uh, in so far as it is possible to be coded as bisexual which I think is a, a a very narrow niche to hit. Like, I'm sure there are people who presume that I'm uh, a lesbian, but I think that if someone were to look at me and they had and you gave them those three options, ignoring all of the other ones, that's probably the, be the one that they would go for. So it's not really like a, a thing that I have had to do, and I think especially because I I definitely have to come out about my gender a lot more than I do my sexuality so I if you want you know the unpleasant conversations or difficult kind of conversations I've got like a whole bag full of those trying to explain what non-binary is 
um and i have to, i think i have to do that a lot more than well let's the, let's the talk stuff. let's talk a little bit about that because there is a lot of confusion about it isn't that people are people don't get it we find constantly that people mix up being bisexual with non-binary they don't get the differences i've had some pretty high profile conversations in high profile meetings in the media where people you know, people have been given jobs to actually <laughs> deal with these issues and they clearly don't understand the differences. I mean, we've got a journey to go on that, haven't we? Tell us a bit about the non-binary side of things and how that, how easy or difficult that's been to explain to, you know, uh, to both you know, lovers, family, friends and others. I have now just remembered a story about the bisexual thing, which I'm going to say, and you can either choose to kindly cut it into where it was relevant or just leave it here as someone slightly scatterbrained but um i so i i did a gig for bbc sesh which is like the welsh version of bbc3 in which i talk about being bisexual and uh they put it online and then i got to watch everyone's comments on like facebook and instagram and stuff which is not a fun activity but they were yeah no it was such a terrible idea um and there were two commenters who had an argument about whether or not i was really bisexual so i was talking in the set about being bisexual and what that meant and uh one of the like jokes that i have written for um my stand-up is this idea that like you can draw sexuality as kind of a continuous distribution graph where if you drew out the whole gender spectrum and then you can say like how attracted you are to all of the genders and then you can draw these really fun graphs instead of just being like oh I'm 10% attracted to men and 30% attracted to women and all that kind of nonsense and so I was explaining my graph and in the in the set and then someone commented being like this person is saying that they're attracted to all genders instead of just men and women that's not bisexuality that's pansexuality and then uh someone else commented being like um uh no bisexual can mean being attracted to all genders and so they are bisexual and they were having this argument and i wanted to be like it's very weird that you're both in like so invested in the way that i decide to articulate and describe my sexuality which actually has literally nothing to do with you but also i don't use either of those definitions of bisexual so insofar as one of you is right neither of you are um because i'd like to use the definition which is kind of similar to the way that the bisexual flag is um explained which is bisexuality is kind of like a the bi is a two but it's um, being attracted to the same gender as you and to other genders, uh, which I kind of enjoy as someone who uh, has sort of like a ambiguous or morpheus gender. Um, this kind of idea that as my gender changes, like my sexuality is still constant, which I don't think you really get with a lot of the other kinds of expressions of sexuality, where, like, if you think about the word lesbian, we were always talking about women being attracted to other women, and you have to kind of pick a gender in order to live up to that definition, and I, I know that isn't the definition that everyone uses, but um, uh, I like this idea of, of bisexuality where, well, this particular definition of bisexuality where, like, my gender can stay the same but my relationship with my sex uh, sorry my gender can change but my relationship with my sexuality stays the same um so that that is my humorous anecdote about reactions to people uh, reactions that people have had to my sexuality but in answer to your other question the non-binary thing my mum definitely thinks that when i came out to her as non-binary that is bisexual um we had this really long conversation about it and I was like this is what it means do you understand and she was like yes and then every conversation that we've had about it since I'm like you are just you're just describing bisexuality there do we need to revisit um and she so my mum's a nurse and she very recently had a patient who's partner is a trans man and my mum was telling me about it she was very excited um 
and being like uh everyone on the ward was kind of like you know gossiping about it and I was like no this is what we're going to do everyone is going to make sure that you're using the right pronouns and if you don't know it's better to ask and these are all the things that I've learned and I was like you should tell them because they're probably like a lot of people have such a terrible experience particularly in in medical settings like if it comes up in conversation tell them that I am non-binary um because that might make them feel like they can trust you a bit more and then we had another conversation where she was like yes and I told them my daughter she dates both men and women and I was like no you 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 had such a good opportunity and uh you missed that open goal um so yeah I think she's she's definitely one that kind of gets the two confused but I think she does it in a good way because the thing that she's grasping which is about the the same about both of them is that it's kind of like fluid and non-constant and if that's the vibe she's getting about me I don't really mind if the language isn't always right um because she's kind of it means that she's less likely to think things about my gender presentation and sexuality and gender expression and and relationship with it are going to be like constant which I guess means that she'll be like more supportive when things things change so even if she's not quite got the language yet it's more more about the vibe, I think. I totally agree it's more about the vibe, because I think that sometimes we are kind of made to think if people don't completely get it, then it's bad, and, and we somehow should feel that they don't quite accept us fully. And, you know, even with my own family or with friends and stuff, it's like, but they tried. Like, when I came out, I had a family member me make a joke about, oh, greedy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if people heard about that, people would be like, oh my God, like they don't accept you. I was like, no, because that person in that way, that was them being like, I'm like, you know, I'm cool with this. I'll make a joke because that's what I do. Um, So I I totally get that. Because sometimes I think we are, there's a bit of pressure on from certain people where it's like, they hate you and and they they might say they like you, but deep down they hate you. They don't even understand how much they hate you. I'm like, no, like, People aren't going to get it right all the time, but if their heart is in the right place and then you see that they try in their own little way, like that has always been enough for me. I think that annoys me is when it comes to, not so much individuals, but when it comes to organisations that should understand these things and certainly should, as I said, said before, you know, the don't, certain organisations don't understand the difference between sexuality and gender. And I find that really, really worrying because obviously it can lead to lots of ridiculous mistakes along the way. Oh no, know. my my benefit of a doubt does not extend to organisations. There's a big difference between a straight person in their fifties giving it a bit of effort and an organisation that's put themselves in charge of our care not doing the right job. Exactly, exactly. Keris, go go. Oh yeah, I was just going to say that my so my um, my mum like she has definitely struggled with the language and stuff, and I. I don't know if this is one of those things where it's kind of like, because uh, you're looking for it, then suddenly you see it. But I felt like when I came out to her as non-binary, she was saying daughter a lot more than she used to. And I felt like she was doing more of the gendered language. But I wasn't sure if that was kind of, you know, an actual, the my actual what what was actually happening or if I was just kind of a bit paranoid. Um, and then we ended up having a conversation which she brought up completely out of the blue where she was like, I just want you to know that I am trying really hard and I know that you like to be referred to using non-gendered language. And so I'm work- I'm making a real effort, like when I'm talking to people that I talk about, like my kid and I have stopped using. And so there was all this stuff that was happening that I wasn't seeing at all. Um, but also like she was telling me this because she knew that she was getting it wrong some of the time and she wanted to make sure that I wasn't interpreting that as her not caring so I think Lewis is is, yeah it's what you say like it's a a lot of it is to do with kind of intent and um, as opposed to necessarily what is actually happening yeah I do also think it's a process as well, right? Especially with pronouns sometimes. And I think, I can't remember if we had the discussion on this show, if it was a different podcast that I was on, but about, you know, obviously it is a process. And one of the examples I used with pronouns was obviously when my other half was pregnant, there was a certain point in the pregnancy where um, she was kind of like, I know it's a girl. I just know it's a girl. And so we, when we started referring to the baby, instead of being like the baby, it was like she 
um, and stuff like that. And then basically my 11 year old was like, we don't know it's a girl yet. You need to stop saying she. And we actually found it took a few days to kind of get out of the habit of saying she. So sometimes, you know, people need time to adjust sometimes. And I, I like to always give people that time to adjust. It's f- sometimes fun being me misgendering myself in my own head. Like sometimes if I think about like for this is not the actual example but it's less embarrassing than actually what is happening but if I'm imagining me being called out onto the stage at live at the Apollo which I will maintain is not one of my career goals unless it actually happens in which case obviously I will do it but uh if when there and there sometimes when I'm playing out that fantasy in my head I will use the word she and then I'll be like, hang on a second, what's happening there? And then I'm like, you don't have to, you're not allergic to that word. And sometimes you do feel like a woman and that's totally fine. Um, and I, I like it when people use uh, he, him pronouns as well as they, them pronouns. And when I first came out as non-binary, what I wanted was for people just to use my name as opposed to any pronouns. But that is from a grammatical point of view, absolute hell so that kind of like just practically disappeared quite quickly and so like I think as I've become more comfortable in my understanding of my own gender I've cared less about pronouns and I I don't want in any way for this to be like seen as kind of an excuse for misgendering people and everyone is at their own points in their journey which I'm no longer mocking as a concept because as we've seen in this podcast it is a useful thing to talk about um but yeah like obviously if it matters to someone then it is really important um and I I find in some situations it is really important to me but not in others and I think it's kind of like unreasonable for me to expect strangers to know when it's going to be a really big deal and then like hold them to account for like never having met me not knowing and I want to live in a world where everyone doesn't presume the person's gender of the person that they like have just met and so those kind of things aren't a a problem but uh also like I don't have I can't I just I'm not I can't be angry like about that thing all the time it's exhausting do you find that the there's any parallels with like obviously being bisexual and being non-binary that sometimes you can take strength from one and feed it into <laughs> the other? Because I, I kind of sometimes when things happen with like being bisexual, it then really relates to me being mixed race. And I'm like, oh, this is just like, you know, this issue over here that happens because I, you know, I'm, I'm biracial. And it's kind of similar to bisexual and I'm taking a bit of strength from that and putting it into this. I think because so because I came out as bisexual first and like there are definitely parallels in terms of like having to have the first conversation with people, having to explain what language that you use, uh, especially because they're both like fluid and non non non-binary kind of things. There's also the like if people want to understand it, they have to understand that you're going to like change and that's okay. And like, you're not going to fit into one particular box. And I think because I did all of that with bisexuality first, when I went through the same thing in non-binary, like coming out as non-binary, I kind of had this roadmap that I could follow for the same journey where I could be like oh now I'm in that phase where everything is new and exciting and I want everyone to know about it all of the time and I feel all of these very strong emotions um and so it's going to be literally the only thing that I talk about with anyone ever and then like that kind of calmed down uh and I kind of got more settled in it and one of the things that I had from my experience of being bisexual where I uh, kind of tried very hard to be straight and then I came out as bisexual and then I kind of uh, uncame out a bit again and then I explored being uh, gay for a bit and then I felt that that didn't suit me and then I went back to being bisexual. I knew with my gender, like, it's okay if you don't get it right the first time. Like, no one is going to come and put you in queer jail for not passing your exam on the first try. Uh, you can use as many words as you want and you can explore as many identities as you want. And some people aren't going to get it, but lots of people are. And it's 
like it is definitely worth the admin if you decide to commit to an identity and then you find out in a couple of years it doesn't suit you like change it and I think that's one of the the great things about that I learned from being involved in bisexual communities by reading work by bisexual people like one of the things that is kind of at the root of a lot of biphobia is this fear of change and so being with people who are just happy to like not pick a thing and and feel restricted by that thing for ever and ever and ever even when it doesn't suit them or it makes them unhappy I got quite a lot of strength from from that I think right it's been great talking to you Keris about your bisexual journey story in a moment after these messages We'll be talking to you about the funny side of being bisexual. Bisexual Brunch is produced with love by MIM. And if you like what we do, why not support us on Patreon? Visit patreon.com forward slash bisexual brunch. Thank you. Suicide is sadly something which affects people from all backgrounds. I am a journalist and broadcaster and I'm 37 years old. I live in London with my husband. I'm originally from West Yorkshire. About five years ago, I had a single episode of psychosis which led to suicidal ideation. I'm Davan Rees and I've been an actor for over 10 years. And some of you might know me from playing your law on a Welsh soap called Publicom. And this... Is Life Matters. Brought to you by the Zero Suicide Alliance. We'll have our personal story from bisexual journalist Nikki Hodgson. I certainly felt like I can't live like this anymore. I don't think I was supported very well looking back. They didn't really look at the stress. They didn't really look at some things that were going on at home that weren't particularly great and my relationships with my parents at that time. Our aim with these shows is to discuss solutions and raise awareness of very important issues which touches many of us. This is Life Matters with Dovan Rees, radio presenter Daryl Morris and Professor Alice Roberts. Listen within your podcast provider by searching for Life Matters and visit zerosuicidealliance.com for a free online awareness course that could help you save lives. You're listening to Bisexual Brunch. So we're here with, uh, with, with, with Keris Bradley, who is a comedian. Keris was talking to us about about the bisexual journey story and also about being non-binary as well before those messages. Uh, now we're going to talk about um, comedy. Keris has an act called the um, Unfortunate Bisexual. Keris, is there really? I mean, thinking about it from my perspective, and I know, you know, if I look deep down, it is, you know, some of these scenarios that we come up with and we end up uh, being you know, place with people who don't understand things are funny in a way. But, you know, deep down it's quite serious, isn't it, really, being, being bisexual in the sense that it's ridiculous that we have to explain ourselves all the time, that kind of thing. So, I mean, you, you've, you've developed an act about the, called The Unfortunate Bisexual. What, you know, what, what's funny about being, being, bi, being bisexual, do you think? I, I mean, I personally, I think everything is um, like the, the so the unfortunate bisexual was a show that I did with a comedian called Rachel Wheelie, um, where we kind of had very different experiences of bisexuality, where she was uh, um, married to a man, had a couple of kids, um, and uh, would sometimes refer to herself as normcore in like a semi-ironic way i mean we performed the show at but like a bisexual um festival bicon um we did a preview show at it and we got off the train um to go to the festival and as we got off the train all of these bisexual people also got off the train many of whom were very easily identifiable and we went and we were trying to find a taxi and this person approached us and was like you're going to bicon and we were like how on earth did you know and she said there were so many bike like normcore people on that train i wasn't sure if there were going to be any other bisexual people and rachel the comedian that i was with was like oh no if i was not with you she wouldn't have spotted me as being bisexual which I think is ridiculous because at the time Rachel had the biggest bisexual energy that I'd ever met in a person so I think they would have just got it on the on the vibe alone but we did this show as a stand-up show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival where we both kind of like talked about our very different experiences because I think if you want to do a bisexual show well 
the best way to do it is to have lots of people talking about very like diverse experiences of their relationship with that sexuality like it's kind of it's very weird it's not possible to get all of the bisexual experience in one person's kind of story so we thought compare and contrast and we had lots and lots of different jokes um most of the stuff that i did was maths based which i realized does not sound funny but i maintain that it was and we got a five star review so i must have been right um but kind of like the point of the show was to talk about a lot of the ironies of the experiences that we've had and like people not getting bisexuality being biphobic it's not always fun but it can be an interesting and cathartic experience to reflect on those kind of situations and think about how they like are ridiculous um and it's not like the the point of the show was not a if you can't if you don't laugh you'll cry kind of vibe it wasn't that we had lots of genuinely very positive experiences from being bisexual that we wanted to talk about and celebrate and make jokes about um but one of the main jokes that i was making in the the show was this idea that when we think about sexuality we often have this kind of spectrum which goes from homosexuality to heterosexuality and bisexuality is some kind of like vaguely defined bit in the middle which means that you're always like people always presume that you're trying to get to one end of the spectrum and so I talked about how being quite a competitive person when I found out that I was bisexual that means on the Kinsey scale you can only really get a maximum score of four out of six which is like that's not a very high grade that's like a C on some levels Um, and so if you want to win at sexuality that means that you've got to be gay uh, which is just like this nonsense, right? So uh, the the kind of punchline of the bit is that maybe we should just redraw the scale. So instead of bisexual being somewhere in between the middle of homosexual and homosexuality and heterosexuality, uh, we should just get our own axes going right through the middle. Um, and you can be as bisexual or as, as unbisexual as you want, and that's got nothing to do with any of the other sexualities. You're still bisexual. Um so I think it was kind of like a lot of the the show was kind of playing with this idea that biphobia comes from such a weird way of looking at the world. Like, why would it make sense that human sexuality um, fits into the weird mathematical models that they made, literally made up in the 19th century? And if that's something that isn't making you happy, then just change the graph and you're allowed to do that. Um because the graph was just something that a man made up in the first place. It's not it's not like a triangle. It's not something that definitely exists. It's a, a scientific tool that was created to try and make the world make more sense. And if it's making the world more confusing to you, like, do a different thing. And so we had quite a lot of fun doing that show. Um, and off the back of it, we ran a couple of cabaret shows called the Big Old Bisexual Cabaret, uh, where we got lots of different artists and performers. We got drag artists, we got um, burlesque, we got magicians to come and and do art kind of around bisexual stuff. And that was really great because I got to do some fun quizzes with people. We all know bisexual people love a good quiz and just kind of like lots of silly things and the really important thing is that none of the jokes were that bisexual people are greedy none of the jokes were that we were indecisive because there are all these like other things that you can say about our experiences about the the bisexual experience and so it was a we ended up having these really really nice um gigs where there were lots of people who got to laugh within the theme of bisexuality without being the the punchline for for a change that's that's that's, inter- that's interesting. I mean, I always think there's actually there is quite a lot of fun actually in confusing people <laughs> when when people assume that you're you know gay or uh, you know I've had people in in my sort of family and friend sphere where people have have um, sort of come out a little bit ambiguously. Nobody quite knows where you know, and, and I and, and people assume they're gay, and then I just throw in the mix. Well, perhaps they're bisexual, and 
a lot of the time you just get complete silence and then people eventually start talking and move on from it but but it doesn't really get commented on you know what i mean so i i think it's quite i think there's a lot of fun sometimes in just in just exploring people's boundaries as to how they think i mean like you were saying there about you know we we a lot of these things are constructs that have been constructed you know years before in terms of the way we think about society or we think about the human being and all the rest of it um and i'm just you know amazed at how how inflexible people are a lot of the time they just cannot think beyond certain yeah i mean just take a bit of time sometimes to get your head around different things in life whatever it may be you know you're learning something new but a lot of people they just can't do it and and you know like a bit like you were saying about about your situation with your mum they all you know a lot of people still go back to the 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 tired old 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 um you know mantra kind of thing so i do think there's quite a lot of um fun actually in, in just um in just talking to people about about being bisexual and the reactions you get can be even though they can be you know sometimes they can be hurtful when people tell you you know i've got gay friends who will take say to me bisexuality does not exist and it's like well i'm sorry you know what i mean so there are things that are hurtful but there are also you know several things along the way that that can be you know when you look back are quite are quite funny in a way yeah and i think there's you know there's 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 funny things which are unique to the bisexual experience but then there's also stuff which isn't so like i found your story lewis about having a kid who's schooling you on gender gender and not ungender like not gendering your unborn baby that's very funny um but i th- think that uh, often in kind of mainstream comedy there are a lot of bisexual comics who kind of feel as if they're either going to do gay material or they're going to do straight material and I know comedians who have either been advised or they have observed that the best thing for them to do is not talk about being bisexual and it would be easier if they were to like portray themselves as a kind of probably gay comedian instead because it's simpler for audiences to understand um and something that was really nice about doing the bisexual shows where we had it kind of front and center on all of the marketing was that that's what people expected so actually what they didn't want was to come and see someone just talk about like like the terrible time that they've had with their boyfriend because uh everyone in the audience would be like girl you're bisexual dump him find a nice bisexual man who gets it um and so like it was kind of fun to to be performing to an audience where you didn't have to explain that thing to begin with and then even talking about kind of like things that aren't seemingly related to being bisexual um some of those things may be interpreted differently by a bisexual audience or it makes it easier to kind of switch between talking about uh, having an ex-boyfriend and an ex-girlfriend or uh, kind of like having crushes on people of lots of different genders and, and that kind of thing and sort of things that every other comedian is talking about um, and gets to talk about without any kind of strings attached or it being seen as kind of political but then when you're doing like I think that a lot of bisexual comedians um, feel like they can't do all of their bisexual experience and they're kind of having to suppress a part of themselves to kind of fit into that more binary sexuality kind of world. Do you tackle the issue of sex? Because one of the things we're constantly talking about on this show is the issue issue of the word sex in bisexual, the fact that everyone sort of seems to think that you know, um, it's literally, that's all we're about, is literally just having sex and, you know, orgies and various things. Um, and obviously there are people out there that do, that's not a problem, but there are a lot of people that don't. Um, do you do you confront the issue of uh, of sex in, in, in your comedy? Um, I mean, I don't really talk about my sex life on stage, so I think it would be kind of difficult for me to do that in a way that felt kind of natural and not like preachy like this is what we're here to talk about it's also something that I like I am aware that people don't like the sex part of the word bisexual but um it's not something that I've ever really had a problem with uh because I I don't really see that as necessarily like it's not uh, how and who you have sex with is something that is relevant but not definitive of who you are 
So it is something that would be relevant but not definitive to my absolutely I agree, I agree and i agree with you on that and we often talk about you know the whole thing of you know there's lots of people who are, who are more you know attracted to people through through for emotional attachment rather than sex and all the rest of it absolutely but i think the problem is that out there if you say 99 out of nine out of ten times you'll say to somebody that you're bisexual they define it by uh the sex they think that we are all out there enjoying ourselves in different places with lots of different people constantly. And that, you know, that's basically what being bisexual means. It means you're promiscuous. That's what they actually mean. I just wonder, wonder whether you t- t- um, sort of um, tackled that particular issue of the fact that a lot of people out there do frame it in their head that if you be bisexual, you're like um, Lewis said, you know, you're greedy or you're, you know, you're sort of, um, you know, you're, you're at it like rabbits all the time or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, I just wonder whether you confront, confront that with them at all. Yeah, unfortunately, I I have not. And I think it's because, you know, comedy, it's, it's a very personal kind of art form. And you can only really make good jokes about stuff that you are very connected to and understand. And I guess because I just, like, just don't, like that bit, it doesn't really compete, commute for me, um, compute as a, that, like, thread of biphobia. Uh, it's not something that I've ever sat down to kind of write about, because it's, you know... I always joke. I always joke about bisexual sex. I'm always like, I always tell people, yeah, I stole all my moves from the men I slept with. <laughs> I was like, because there was that whole thing, wasn't there, that um, that women, the straight women that were dating bisexual men were like, the sex was better. I was like, yeah, it's because I stole all the moves from all the other men. That's why. <laughs> you thought I was there to have a good time? I was taking notes. Um <laughs> I thought it was really interesting what you said earlier about everyone in that room kind of knew what to expect. And it was kind of, you didn't have to simplify it. Because I think in so many of the articles that I write about being bisexual, what I've learned over the years is simplify it. Because the ones that haven't done really well is where I like, assume the readers know too much. And so if you flip from bisexuality to gender to something that's really bisexual specific that's happening these poor little straight people are just like, what the hell is this talking about? This is too complicated to understand. So even in my own writing, I really simplify everything because I can. Just taking you through this one simple concept. Um, but actually it would be so nice to be in sort of a room with people that kind of get it. You can be, you don't have to simplify it. You can kind of get in there in the nitty gritty. That sounds quite exciting. Yeah, I remember doing the Edinburgh Fringe uh, a couple of years ago where I was there to do a a science comedy show with a group of friends and we were all doing like comedy about uh, our areas of scientific research and and stuff like that. And I had this bit which um, I had written about... So I have I have a bit of material which is based on something my mum said where she suggested that my girlfriend and I, if we ever wanted to have a baby, we could use my brother as a sperm donor, which is hands down the most outrageous thing that she has ever <laughs> said and probably will ever say. It still leaves me feeling slightly More cold. than your dad's penis comment? <laughs> Genuinely more disturbing, I think, um, which I think gives you uh, an idea of... of how ill-fitting my brother is as a, a sperm donor. Though I shouldn't say that because he's now a dad and he's going to make a great dad. But anyway, it was repulsive as an idea. And so I did this bit about how I could never use my brother as a sperm donor because my brother is a sports person and I wouldn't want my child to grow up as a sports person because I don't want them to experience the like difficulties and prejudices that sports people have to go through. And it was just like a riff on something that my uncle said before a couple of years what many years before I came out partially because he said it where he was basically like um I have nothing against gay people but I prefer it if my children weren't gay just like one of those you know casual comments that people make not knowing that there are any people in the room that might then go deeper into the closet for another six or seven years and so I like turned it into this bit of material and I performed it at the science show did a seven-day run uh, where I did the same joke every single night and 
I'd have to get like 90% of the way into the joke before anyone kind of laughed and it never got a very big response and it's still one of my favourite jokes that I've ever written and I was like is it not working why don't people get it and then on the last night of the of my run which was also the last night at the fringe I did an LGBT specific night and I had barely gotten two sentences into the joke and the audience was in hysterics and I was like oh no it's not the joke it is the audience (laughs) and it's just like it's such a relief we did one of the bisexual cabarets we did um the comedian Catherine Bohart very kindly headlined for us and she's a bisexual comedian who uh, she had been doing this like proper comedy gig in like an actual comedy venue and she'd been doing all this stuff and she's like a you know an award-winning highly reviewed critically acclaimed comedian and she just bombed and then she came to do our show in this grotty little basement um to a bunch of bisexuals and she got on stage she did a bunch of jokes and then she was like thank goodness i thought that i was broken but it was just the like the audience wasn't there for it presumably because there's all this like cultural context that she didn't have to say for this audience and i didn't have to say in edinburgh and it's so exhausting to perform to people where you have to kind of like be like okay here's a little prologue to how my lived experience is different to yours I need you to get over that incredibly quickly so that I can do material about my life. Actually, this is a really big problem because when comedy promoters and media people are looking at me, they're not thinking that I am like marketable because like audiences aren't willing to get on board with the idea, like the idea of bisexuality or non being non-binary. Uh, and so I have to do all of this explaining and that's not funny. And so you either have to learn how to do the explaining bit in a funny way, which is really tedious because then, as you say, you're simplifying it massively and you don't even get to talk about the thing that you you want to talk about. Or you become like a very niche comedian who can only perform to a handful of people. And that was the thing that I was worried about. But then we started putting on bisexual gigs and we started selling out those bisexual gigs. And we were like... Kaching, there is a massively untapped community here who actually really wants to come out and have a nice time and laugh about bisexuality without it being the punchline and be in this kind of like really wonderful affirming space and it is there's such a, a dearth of bisexual content in all other forms of, of media that there were people who were like very very thirsty for it when we did the unfortunate bisexual at the edinburgh fringe a guy came to see our show five times in the month and every time he was like here is some money at the end of the show even though he'd seen it and he knew all of the jokes but he just kept going back because there was nothing else on at the fringe um which makes me very sad but also i'm very grateful for his patronage of course of course of course i I mean and i mean has that been your experience generally i mean have you found people who've watched your comedy have um, come to you afterwards and, and said, actually, that really spoke to me. Have there been people who've said, actually, I've come out as bisexual, I'm going to come out as bisexual, or, or you know, I realise this, is, this, is, this really connects? Because we've had that a lot with uh, Bisexual Brunch. Have you had the similar kind of experience? There was a, when we did the, we did a preview for The Unfortunate Bisexual before we took it to the Edinburgh Fringe, uh, which we did at the Angel Comedy Club. And there was like a couple of lines, there was a couple of steps of communication between us and the venue. So we didn't know how the ticket sales or anything were going. And we got there feeling very, very nervous. And then the, uh, like the pub was packed and the person organising it was like, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to delay slightly because we've got people queuing out the door because we've sold out and they're waiting to see if there are free tickets and we're having to put extra chairs out and we were like, what? Um, And then we did this gig and it was amazing uh, and we like filmed it, which was incredible because it was the best gig to film except for the fact that the front row, instead of being a bunch of strangers having a wonderful time, was a group of friends who'd seen loads of the show before so they didn't look like they were enjoying it at all. Um, But then we, we left and were like selling badges and merchandise and stuff outside and this guy came up to me and was like, I have never connected more with a comedy show when you started doing your graphs as a data scientist i have never felt more seen by a comedian 
which was not what I was expecting. But we also, there was a woman there who then came to a bunch of our bisexual cabaret shows and that show that she came to was the first thing that she had been to as a bisexual person. Like it was her first bisexual event. It was her first like time being like, I am bisexual, I'm gonna go. And she didn't know anyone there. Uh, and she met a bunch of people. So there's a there's a bisexual meetup group um, who have been very supportive of a lot of our gig- gigs, and they often like will list our gigs on their meetup and get kind of a crowd coming. But she like was able to connect with them through coming to the gig, and so it was like, I now know other bisexuals, and it felt a lot more real, I think, because she'd come to this thing. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's really heartening, isn't it, when you hear that? And you know, the letters we're getting from different people who say that we're giving them a lifeline or whatever. I mean, it's we, you know, we talked at the beginning about how we create a community. And I think slowly but surely, that's what we're all collectively doing, isn't it? We're starting to create um, a, you know, a bisexual community, both you know, locally, across the country and globally in terms of you know, what we've been doing recently. So no, it's fantastic to talk to you, Keris. Where, you know, obviously, this, um, this year has been very difficult, I know, in terms of performances and gigs and things for anybody. Um, where can we next see you in person live is there something around the corner yeah so maybe it's not around the corner around the corner but i am going to be performing at the camden fringe on the 6th and 7th of august i want to say could be wrong it's the saturday it's friday and saturday so first friday and saturday so whichever ones they are um and it's not like the the camden fringe is still you know uh, in the organisation phase, so these are kind of like tentative dates, but everything will be up on my website, uh, which is kerosbradley.com, and also advertised in my newsletter, which you can sign up to on my um, thing. But that's a new walk work in progress show, and so it'd be really nice to have a lovely supportive audience who does get it to come um, and watch. Yeah, absolutely. And how many? I mean, you were saying earlier on about other bisexual comedians. How many? How many do you think there are out there? bloody loads there's actually so many so many uh so i know that there's so there's a a, um there's a group if you're based in manchester there's a comedy club uh, a comedy night called blizzard comedy who they have at least one bisexual comedian on every night because it's a wonderful kind of like queer collective where you've got all all manner of different sexualities and genders in the kind of roster of people that they they get on and so there's someone there's a there is a not there's another regular bisexual cabaret uh which i think is london based and so they do have you know all of their performers are, are bisexual there are there are lots more than i think people think that there are fantastic well it's um, great to speak to you keris wish you all the best of luck in getting back on the move in terms of have you have you managed to do gigs this year in terms of online and stuff like that have you done many i've done some zoom gigs it turns out it's not my medium but uh, i'm looking forward to doing live comedy again it's not great is it zoom in terms of it's very difficult to get that chemistry and that connection isn't it between with, with people yeah really. no i was gonna say I've, I've watched a bunch of zoom stuff as well like trying to support other people's gigs and things and it's just exhausting like to be watching on zoom for for too long so well thank you so much for for coming on this show it's been great thank you for having me Okay, well, that's Bisexual Brunch for this week. If you've got any comments, thoughts, musings, do get in touch with us at, at Bisexual Brunch on Twitter. Bye for now. Right, so today I'm going to go find my family first because halfway through recording this, I heard the door slam and I don't know where they've gone. So I'm going to go track them down. But I'm actually going to sit down this weekend and I promise I'm going to write some bisexual pictures because there's just been not a lot going on lately, bisexual-wise. If you look out at, like, if you Google bisexuality every day, there's hardly anything coming up. So I need to get out there with some articles, some thought pieces, and get the nation talking about bisexuality again. Make it some, is you time. Need, you, need, you need to make some noise. You need to make some noise, don't you? You need yeah, to make some noise. Absolutely. Bisexual Brunch is produced with love by MIM. And if you like what we do, why not support us on Patreon? Visit patreon.com forward slash bisexual brunch. Thank you. This program is an MIM production. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.